Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the usual podcast. Podcast we discuss Star Wars Yoda Public, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host Marshall. And with me, as always, with a weird look on his face and a red shirt, is my co-host, Will. What's up, bro? Hello, everybody. How are we doing this fine evening before spring break? Well, our spring break. Our spring break. Doesn't mean. everyone else. All right. Well, well and, and Blaine's. And we're just sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverages. What are you drinking, dude? Dude, I had two really nice Captain and Cokes with dinner. Yeah. So I am uh, rehydrating with some nice water with some Weiler's lemonade. So it's not water. It's water with some powder in it. <laughs> it's only 10 calories. <sighs> anyway, I am I drinking. I probably endorse it. Are you done? Water. We're not like being sponsored by anybody. It's not like, I mean, what, I mean, what, what is this? No hops. Speaking of hops, I am drinking a hoptologist. It's a double IPA from Knee Deep Brewing Company, and it is delicious. Haven't had it in a while. It's 9%. I am ready to go. I had, uh, what, I have scotch earlier and a beer or two, so yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. I am having a good night, and um, it's time to talk some pop culture and such. Word, so, yo. You just talked over me. Yeah, like that never happens. So, before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Find us on Twitter. I am at Darth Pops, and Will is at I'm Will Griggs. And iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, your favorite podcatchers, we are there. Uh, share us, like us, and tell your friends. Uh, you have merch at teespring.com slash store slash usual podcast. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff up there, including the shirt Will is wearing. Yes, I will talk about it right now. If you follow me on Twitter, you would have already seen this. But this is a shirt I designed that takes the Extra Life logo and mixes it with our logo. And it uh, is to raise money for Extra Life. And every shirt that we sell will raise about $10. And I'm going to collect that money throughout the year. And when Extra Life Day gets here in November, we're going to make one big bulk donation. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And um, yeah, man, we'll talk about the rest of the ways to support us later in the show. But we do have the timestamps in the show notes. If you're not a Sword Tour fan, we have some Sword Tour to catch up on. But I'm going to go through it pretty quickly. And um, yeah, thanks to everybody who's in the chat room. Uh, Skeen and Zen and Blay and anybody else who is in there that I'm missing. Um, thanks for joining us in trailer time if you were there. A lot of you were. And we watched some good trailers. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really like that Nightmare on Elm Street fan film. I didn't like, not like that. Because <laughs> you're a pussy. <laughs> okay. But there were a lot of things I did like. Um, and we um, were looking forward to... Actually, at dinner tonight, we were talking about uh, what we have coming up. And the next three movies we have coming up, obviously... Our Infinity War at the end of the month, beginning of the month, we, or no, towards Three. the middle of the month, we have Deadpool. Yep. And then towards the end of the month, we have Solo. So we've got some big ones coming up. Yes, absolutely. Pretty excited about that. And we are going to talk about Ready Player One tonight. Um, and hopefully this doesn't drag on too long and we can actually spend some time talking about it. Um, we may, uh, we may do something with it. I don't know. We might do a separate show or something, but I don't know. Um, but we will be talking about that towards the end of the show, but we'll definitely give you a heads up on it when we do. So, Sorto? Uh, how did I get Nightbotted for sharing my <laughs> the link? Because you had a link. Nightbotted. Well, fix the Nightbot, because I need to post the link for the shirt. I'm not doing it. I don't have time. 
Nightbot's a whole thing. I gotta get the thing. I'm not even logged into it. I'm not doing it right now. Do you want me to right now? No, it's all right. So the face he gave me, ladies and gentlemen, that you're not appreciating is the, although you said I'm not doing it right now, he wants me to do it now. No, it's all good. But I'm not. I love you. (laughs) Killing me, bro. Literally killing me. You want to fight? I'm ready. You do not have to stand against me. Instead, I will share all of this with you. If you will only kneel. So community stuff. Let's uh, let's start with. I uh, have a link in the show notes to the transcription for this interview. It was an interview with Eric Musco and Charles Boyd um, from Sam from Sword Tour Central. Yep. Um, it was pretty cool, man. They basically confirmed um, there will be a game update 6.0 expansion, and they did use the word expansion, which is pretty Ooh, cool. That's big. Um, so. Honestly, there was... Well, it's always big that they changed to a .0. Oops. Yeah, well, (laughs) it's funny that you say that. The interesting thing about the interview is that uh, they said, okay... So Eric said, to be clear, the next update after 5.9 is 5.10, not 6.0. So they're actually going for for a 5.10, so it's going to be a little while. And so Sportor Central confirmed there's a a 5.10. There is going to be a 6.0. And they have no idea when it's, it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be anytime soon, but it will be. Um, and the other thing that he said is they are going to be getting back to the Empire versus Republic. Ultimately, is what it's coming down to. Okay, cool. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it gets getting back to old school. Yeah. And so 5.10 or 5.9, I can't remember. I think it's 5.9, is going to be um, the end of all of the Zakul and all the... Or no, the um, Trader stuff, all that's going to be done. And then when they get to 6.0, it's going to be back to classic uh, Empire versus Pub, which would be okay, pretty cool. good. Skeen's excited about it, I can tell. Yes. Uh, uh, anyway, man, uh, I want to throw that out there. And obviously, they they are highlighting people in the community, influencers and stuff like that. So I appreciate that they do that, which is why that's at the top of the show. But uh, going back to what we did this week what did you do this week my friend i actually did play for quite a while in game this week um i decided to try the new conquesting out Mm. um i I actually like the interface and i'm Mm. okay with it um the one thing i didn't like is i just lost track of time yeah because i started doing one and i'd like it started all my people like creating like the crystal capacitors and all the stuff that i needed and then by the time I went back, I was able to log back in, and it switched over to the next week. Oh God! And so, oh yeah, you can't do that stuff on a on a what a Monday night. Yeah, all of a sudden it was like, oh, it's dark project time. I'm like, oh, that's that. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so I I did well. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. I played a uh, a lot of daily stuff. So I did uh, Section X a few times. I did uh, Black Hole a few times. Nice. One thing, and actually, I know this has been uh, we're what five point eight now, five point nine. 5.8. Um, yeah, so I think this probably came up from 5.5, 5.6, but they changed the um, the area quest in Black Hole. Yeah. No longer pops on you as soon as you come out of the thing. You actually have to click on the no, droid. Yeah, you have to click the droid. Yeah. Um, I like that. I kind of wish they would do a similar thing with the one on... Um, I, I, I don't. I don't know Section when they. X? Yeah, I don't know when they changed that one, but I feel like that one's been around for a little longer than that. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, I like it. It's nice being able to click on that one. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm with you, dude. Uh, I also did some conquest stuff. Uh, not as much as I like. I did the old conquest, then I did some of the new conquest. But 
mostly what I normally do is organize WOG. Um, and I really love that group. Uh, this last Friday, sadly though, I mean, not sadly, but I mean, my daughter had a talent show thing. Right. And so I ended that thing ended pretty much right when I was supposed to log in. So I was a maybe I got back. They had all this stuff, um, filled and, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't run with them, but I jumped in the chat for a while. And oh, nice. It's, it's actually been kind of nice because we've actually had some interest outside of the group um for people who are interested in um in beginning ops yeah and, you know actually i noticed a couple of uh conversations in twitter and not yeah. in our conversations this is actually through like uh actual tweets and responses and stuff and and people are getting more interested in the concept of what what uh what's what an ops group has to, to offer yeah and it's been really nice because um, i'm hoping to get more people so if i can't run or people can't run we have this rotating people that understand what it's about because and and just so everybody does know, it's it's a, a low stress and drinks encouraged um, beginning group. Um, Absolutely. And you know, it's not one of those groups where if you don't pull your weight, everybody's going to berate you. Like, no, and, they might laugh at you. Oh, and there'll be laughter, but it's not like laughter. You suck. Get out of and no, kick from the group. Laughter. I remember when I did that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have um, long memories. We remember the times where we were noobs and. Um, Speaking of, um, not only in addition to dailies that I did this <laughs> week, um, I started playing Elder Scrolls Online. And what's funny about it is... Did, I Speaking of that really quick, did you see Jess's tweet picture where she said if something like the struggle is real and it showed her cursor hovering between the desktop shortcuts yeah, yeah. for Star Wars and, extra, and Elder Scrolls? Well, and, and, and that's what I wanted to throw out here is um, I actually played Elder Scrolls Online um, when just after launch. And... I I tried it out, and at the time, of course, I was playing Sotor. I was playing some other stuff at the same time, and uh, I was I was just coming off of um, I think Morrowind or something to where or, or maybe it was when Skyrim came out. I can't remember when Skyrim came out, but anyway, uh, I the open worldness of Skyrim I felt like in the beginning of Elder Scrolls Online wasn't there. Okay, and so. I kind of left it and I was playing other things. Long and the short of it is, excuse me for hitting my mic. Um, long and the short of it is, I am back to Elder Scrolls Online, um, mostly because a lot of our friends are playing it. Right. And I wanted to check it out. And I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. And w the way I'm approaching it, although Jesse has made some videos, I watched a couple of them. I am trying to like be a noob MMO player again. Really? And it's actually kind of fun. It's like I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what I'm doing. The only thing I'm familiar with is the gameplay is because it's obviously very similar to Skyrim and everything else. So uh, I'm, I'm just kind of enjoying myself learning a new MMO again. And for me, it's actually kind of fun. I've been playing the same game, the same MMO for, you know, over six years now. And I just it's it's cool to be a noob again. Yeah. You know, I, I can honestly say for like about the last year, it's not that I have lost interest in Spotor because it's definitely not. But I, I felt that the the gameplay had become repetitive, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, especially since the the whole um, dead air. Yes, dead air. I'm <laughs> sorry. The uh, <laughs> were they teamed up together? Operations alliance. Oh no, the whole okay. alliance. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Um, yes, Skeen. You're welcome for Thanks, the link. Thanks, Skeen. Yeah. The the link. I and just yes, drinks are mandatory, but not any drink is mandatory. Not. Only alcoholic drinks. Exactly, because we do not encourage our students to... Yeah, we also have people who are underage. Um, and to answer Blaze's question, no, we have not gotten to RPO yet. No, we will. Um, yeah, Coffee and Kotet, I mean, they're, 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 they were fun, but I, didn't th I don't think the story made up for 
the repetitiveness of the gameplay. Right. I did like some of the new, uh, uh, some of the new companions and stuff like that. But I like that some of the companions are coming back. Some of my favorites are coming back. I didn't like that I lost those companions for the most part. Right. In story, you could right, always right. bring them back to play and just read general content. But I, I liked the interaction of those. I mean, you had, you know, four years of building up that relationship with those characters in storyline. Yeah. And well, so. Also, Arjar, thanks for jumping into Wog, man. And, and I know you guys did AV. EV, I watched most of that run. I'm glad you guys got KP done too. Um, thanks for jumping in there, man. Um, but yeah. What were you saying? But yeah. So, but. For the, in like the last month, I've, I'm I'm finding more joy in things that I never really got into, like playing the market a little bit more, doing a little bit more of the the uh, the conquesting and stuff like that. Because I was always like an achievement whore, yeah, yeah. And doing that, and I'm kind of like getting away from that because I would, you know, whenever I wanted a gameplay, I would just like get on. Okay, what achievement do I want to work on today? Right, right. And that just kind of gets repetitive. So now I'm trying some different things. I still cannot buy into PvP. Yeah, but it's know, just, every I, once in a while it's fun. Though. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like to try new things, um, but it's just it's not my it's not my bag. Indeed. All right, so shall we get to some news stuff? Absolutely. Um, all right, man. So uh, some stuff that just came out today and yesterday. Um, what do we got? Uh, and new augments are coming with 5.9, and people were asking questions about it. And he says, Eric basically says the new augments will be in a single tier item rating 240, and the idea behind it is for people who are doing the most difficult content in operations and ranked war zones. So okay, excuse so me. And he says me. the stat district no. Excuse me. The stat distribution for these augments will mirror the ones that were introduced in 5.6. And he says, uh, to craft them, it'll be the same materials introduced in 5.6, but it'll be more components is, is the idea behind that. And he says, the schematics to learn the new augments will not be taught from a trainer. They'll bind on equip drops from the new flashpoints in 5.9. In master mode, every boss has a chance to drop the schematic as well. So that's kind of okay. cool. See, yeah, I, I, I mean, of course, it's like the crafting fool I used to be. I always I bought all the schematics you got from the trainer, um, but now I get most of my my schematics from mm. the command crank drops. Right, and he says, uh, part of, one of the questions was, are you going to change bolster to accommodate the extra stats in uh, regular PvP? And they said they're not adjusting uh, bolster as a five point nine, although they're going to monitor the power level and see what's up. And I have a little bit more about that here in a couple minutes. Um, so just today, a couple things dropped, and and the reason I'm doing this first and then the stuff that we missed last week because we were off last week um i'm doing second is because there's a little more discussion involved with the other stuff this is just there's some marauder sentinel changes in 5.9 and i think this is around the fact that um the shank tanks or whatever um so i I have a link in the show notes for that and there's some utility changes though that are happening and i did put a link in the show notes for this um some utility changes with a lot of the classes actually um, which is kind of cool. And that is going to come with um, with 5.9 as well. Cool. And Eric basically says they're, um, they're monitoring the class performances to see where the additional changes would be needed. And he says, right now we're quite close, but not perfect on the overall damage output of each class. One thing that's, that has come to the forefront after these changes is the lack of survivability for some of the disciplines. So um, in 5.9, they're planning the utility changes which aim to address survivability concerns for some of the disciplines. So, and then they break it down, which is kind of nice. So check that out if you're interested. Awesome. And tank balance changes, which I think might affect me, actually. Basically, Eric comes down and he says, let's talk about the changes coming to tanks in 5.9. 
two things that inform the changes. Um, the shank tank issue, which I which I talked about, which is over overperforming in PvP. And this is a player who is using a tank discipline, but equipping DPS gear. Second, they're comparing all tanks, regardless of gear, against the DPS targets uh, we outlined last year. Tanks are doing more damage than intended. So, you know, and as a tank, and basically that's all I play is tank, uh, especially when it comes to operations. So it looks like I'll be doing less damage than normal, which feels like I'm doing nothing anyway, but whatever. Um, and so the summary of what they're changing in 5.9 is that tanks across the world will be doing less damage. So to ensure that this doesn't have a negative effect on their ability to tank, hold threat, etc., they're greatly increasing the overall threat generation. So although they're taking... So from what it sounds like, and, and initially I'm like, well, you're taking the only thing that I don't have and making it less. <laughs> you're making it, making it so I do less damage. So, But I get that some tanks are doing more. But the upside to it is... I know for me, when I'm when I'm in an operation and I'm playing with people that have really mastered their rotations and have a sick DPS output, I have a really hard time keeping the boss on me. You know, um, they are yeah. Well, they're just pulling so much threat. Well, they're pulling so much threat because they're doing so much damage so fast. It's so bursty, and I have a hard time. You know, and I got to pull them away. So uh, I hope this alleviates that problem. If they're going to take my damage output away. I will worry way less about actually trying to do any damage whatsoever and just worry about holding threat, which hopefully will balance itself. So yeah, that's if, my goal. If they can, if they the can uh, I mean, if they're going to drop your damage, then they definitely at least have to um, bolster your taunts a bit to make sure you can pull that threat when it does get pulled. Exactly. Um, all right, man. So I'm going to backtrack. See, I, I know what to tank is. You know, I just, I might not know how to do it. I just know the concept though. Yeah, it's fine. You don't have to know things. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to jump back just a little bit to up game update 5.8 a, which came out on the 27th, uh, right before we were going to record last time. And, um, this is where they made some of the conquest changes. And I'm just throwing some of this out here. Um, they, they brought some of the things down, which was good. Um, the, I uh, said the conquest goals, uh, and they added the war zone completions and all that to it, which right. was good. And um, and then, of course, uh, they made the solo rank PvP missions have their rewards restored, um, which is good as well. So the reason I'm bringing this up is there was a bunch of stuff in there about um, people complaining about various things. Shocking. Um, and this has to do with daily repeatable objectives and the clarification on that. Um, unfortunately, I still think this is a mistake, but... They're doing daily repeatable objectives are once per legacy per day. I don't know why it's always it's restricted to per legacy, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Well, it's probably because they don't want the people that have, you know, 49 40 tunes, yeah. <laughs> to, to just totally And, and I, and I get it, but, like, some of those repeatables aren't, like, the most easily repeatable things. It just no, kind of depends on what it if is. They're gonna, if, they want, if, they're concern, if that's their concern. Yeah. I would say instead of limiting it to once per legacy, I would say eight per legacy, but once per class. Right, right. Well, you could try something like that too. Um, uh, Skeen has a question. What is the actual date for the the five point nine drop? I have to look it up. Um, okay, yeah, I'll look it up. I actually, I think it's going to be what is the date? This is early April. I think it's in a couple weeks actually, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. I'll look it up, Skeen. Yeah. Um, so Eric also says, he says, uh, somebody actually put out there the biggest scribe. He says that this is not promoting, um, alt play and they're aware of it. 
and they're working on it, but there's nothing specific yet. So that sucks. Um, I'm skipping some of this stuff um, because it's a little old news. Uh, new augments. I have something about that here in a minute. I'm actually going to delete these because I don't want to talk about those. And let's see what we got. Uh, according to Dolphy, 5.9 is dropping May 1st. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, early May. Okay. Um, new cartel market items uh, and packs in direct sales. So I'm gonna I want to get the dates right because I think it's happening right now. Um, and I know this came up in Bad Feeling podcast, which is kind of cool. <clears throat> yeah, well, I saw the the sale they had for the for the I can't remember the name of the one pack, um, but they really dropped the price on the Hypercrate for it, and you got more. Yeah, but it's not what you think because okay. it's 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 totally different. So <clears throat> what they're doing is over the last year they've changed how they operate the cartel market, etc. So starting this is a spring event, Tuesday, March twenty seventh, which passed. Um, what's going to happen is through the spring event is limited time event, which will run from Tuesday, March twenty seventh through April seventeenth. And so what's going to happen is they're going to add some new stuff. Okay, everything is going to like most items are going to be for sale in the cartel market from direct sale. So just cartel market, right. just cartel uh, coins. So it says um, if you're looking forward to, you know, uh, the unstable lightsaber, um, it's going to be up. So right, which means you don't have to you don't have to try to buy crates to get it to drop. No, you just buy just it. Buy. Very similar to like the, the 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 honor, the Cathar honor sword or whatever. It exactly. Was. Um, and so the next cartel market pack is going to work differently. It's going to be called uh, the ultimate pack. And there's a little con- uh, controversy around this only in that. Each pack's going to have four slots. Slots one, two, and three are going to have any item ever released in the cartel market, including the new items. But, and slot four will be, you know, scrap, companion gifts, etc. But the problem with this is people hated chance cubes. Yeah. And it's basically giving them three chance cubes and a piece of scrap. So they're really discouraging people from buying on the cart, uh, you know, the random stuff and just saying, if you want a thing, buy the thing. Right. But, and the reason I'm bringing this up, dude, is what do you think? There's definitely going to be an impact of people buying up this stuff and looking to turn around and sell it or, um, or every, everything else under the sun. So, I mean, it's a limited time sale, but how many people are going to buy a bunch of stuff and how will this affect the market? I don't know. Any thoughts on this? Um, I think it's going to make the, it's 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 kind of funny. It's going to be like the opposite. The stuff that is really popular that you would think would be really popular, right, is actually going to be more plentiful on the secondary market because people are going to buy lots of that. Right, they're going to spend their cartel coins. So the stuff that you think isn't as cool is ultimately going to be rarer because less of them will be purchased during this limited time. So therefore, the secondary market is going to be much higher right. because there's fewer available. That's interesting. Okay. Um. And yeah, so I mean, I like the idea, and I know Chuck and Brian on Bad Feeling have mentioned this. Just put everything on sale for the cartel market. You can either gamble for it, you know, by buying a pack, or just buy the thing you want. Like right. there are certain things that I would actually spend money buying. I'm not going to spend sixty dollars on a virtual item. I know that's, but I think, I, I think I would, most things in the cartel market are overpriced. Oh, of course they're overpriced. But again, you know, the whales, the people who are going to buy the stuff, exactly. that's that's the market there. So. Um, I don't know, man. Any other thoughts on that? No, and like I said, I I'm really not a cart a, a market person, mm. um, GTN or cartel uh, market. But um, 
I am starting to get more yeah. like that. I mean, my, you know, this is how I used to treat the the, the market and, and cartel. I would never buy the the new hypercrates because I never had enough mm-hmm. cartel coins, right? Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would wait two weeks after the, the hypercrates come out, and then I would go on the the GTN and any title mount or pet or emote that was under fifty k, I would buy. Oh, of course, yeah. And I mean, so there were still some I don't get, but I I do feel you got you got a you I got want. a little bit of it. That's good. Um, yeah, and and skins with us on that. It'd be nice to just buy what we want. Um, so real quick too, um, there are some threads out there, conquest feedback threads and stuff like that. Uh, keep on that, Swotor fans, people who are listening and play Swotor, jump in there and do that. Um, and and give me feedback and and we'll see what shakes out. And um, before we get to Star Wars: Yield Republic, uh, Star Wars, excuse me. Uh, let's talk really quickly about our puck cantina. Yes. We are working on that. We'll talk about it at the end of the show as well. We're working on solidifying whether it's going to be Friday or Saturday night. But if you're in San Diego and um, and during San Diego Comic-Con, we do our event and we'd love to have you all there. We do a podcast. We have beers. We have fun. Um, you don't have to be 21. Um, obviously, to drink beer, you do. But at the same time, to, to be at the event, you don't. And um, we uh, we're we working usually, on yeah. It. We usually have it upstairs uh, at Mission Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we can get that spot again. It's really kind of cool because there is no open bar up there, so it is a very family friendly sort of environment Absolutely. upstairs. Yeah, and because I do know that some of us have some new children on yep. their way. Yep. Um, new uh, children. We have young children. Yeah, we actually have uh, one of my family members who's a kid might be coming this year. Yeah. So it'll be very cool. Um, and don't forget, we have our third uh, pucked cantina shirt that we're going to be doing. Um, well, actually, it's our third pucked cantina, second shirt. Second shirt. Um, uh, I believe it was Mox who won last year's contest. We, we need a new design, people. Yeah. So start designing uh, a shirt for pucked three. Yeah. And uh, start submitting it to the usual podcast dot, uh, at gmail.com. Or you can send it uh, in direct message to either one of us on Twitter. And the cool thing, dude, uh, just to throw out there, is we have um, a lot of our usual suspects as far as I know, everybody is returning that has been on Pucked before, um, including Jesse from Australia. Yes. And Elise is coming back from the Midwest. Yep. And um, it'd be awesome to get Zen on. Yeah, Zen. It looks like Zen's planning to come out. Yeah, it looks like Zen is coming out. And we've got, of course, Steve and Matt and um, uh, who am I forgetting? Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany and um, everybody else, uh, and, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun, and um, and again, a lot of the people I just talked about don't have tickets to the convention, but they're just coming down for the event, and, and that just shows how how good this community is, yeah. uh, not just Swotor, but the the podcasting community, and just we've, I mean, we were really good friends with these people before we even actually met them in real exactly. life. Exactly, I'd love to get some of the Swotor devs out there at some point, but they don't come out for San Diego Comic Con anymore, sadly, but. Um, maybe. I'll, I'll, we'll, see well, I we think we do. scared them away because you know so once they started doing puck, they stopped coming to San Diego. I think they were just scared off by the competition. Yeah, I like to think that those two things happened because <laughs> of the other. Yeah, absolutely. We know it didn't, but it's fine. I know. Um, none of our trailers, none of our bumpers are working. It seems so. We're just gonna jump right into. Um, oh, good. We're gonna jump right into Star Wars, dude. Let's let's do this. I'm ready. Word. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for.
what you started. All right, so um, we you know, we have a, just a few little discussion topics. Why don't you tell us the first one? Um, so <laughs> Kelly Marie Tran was doing an interview, and she said that the 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 porgs. Uh, before the last Jedi looked terrifying. I don't know what this means. Do you know what this means? Uh, no, but I'm sure they weren't all cute and fluffy and plush like. She says, "Yeah, they didn't always look cute." She says, "When it was sort of still mechanical, it would move and it would like buzz, and it was just so odd." She, this is her talking to the nerdist. I've seen, I've kind of seen porgs through the process, and from the beginning, I mean. I love them immediately. I think they're so adorable. My first reaction was truly kind of geeking out over them because I don't think that we've really seen something like that in the Star Wars universe before. And she says, um, what? She feathered some of them? Oh, my God. Um, I was feathering porgs and I was putting putting hairs on their f- feather fathers. I don't know. And I remember telling myself, I'm just going to walk around and do things until I get in trouble. Uh, okay. You know what I'm imagining? Well, I'm trying here? to find the the quote that I'm looking for. Go ahead. I'm imagining a cross between uh, Furbies, yeah, and the mechanical owl from the old school Clash <laughs> of the Titans. Oh, here it is. She says doing the porgs actually was terrifying because you have a fear that if you get it wrong, all the fans are going to hate you forever. Um, and it was great. As soon as we heard that there were warm reaction to them, it was great. So yeah, I think that's an interesting. Um, I don't know, dude. I think. I would have liked to see something a little uglier, but people like cute things, you know. They do. It, it, for those of us that like the the ugly stuff or the the darker stuff, I mean, seeing Chewbacca eating one, oh, that was I great. think kind of you uh, know did it. I, for just, us. I just wanted him to take a bite. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Um, so this is one of those other fluff pieces. So Andy Circus recalls how he learned Snoke's fate in the Last Jedi, and really what it comes down to is he says. Um, uh, what does he say? Um, it was a semi, it left him in a state of semi shock. I was taken to my trailer on the lot at Pinewood Studios where I was read, read the script on a tablet and it, we're never handed the printed scripts, etc., etc. And he says, Oh, where is it? I just couldn't work out where it was heading. And then I swiped up and there it was the end, not for Ray, not for Kylo, but for Supreme, Le- Supreme leader, just gone. And he said, I walked out of the trailer in a state of semi shock, feeling the weight of knowing I would I would have to mask a great secret for a very, very long time. <laughs> you know what the thing is, <laughs> That's though, actually is funny. this guy has, like, usually when he gets hired, ultimate job security. It's like, oh, yeah. All right, Gollum. I'm yeah. in for nine freaking movies. Exactly. Uh, let's see. I'm hired to be in uh, Marvel. That's a couple movies right there. Right. I'm hired to be in Planet of the Apes. At <laughs> least three movies going on four. I mean, like, Star Wars, at least a trilogy. No, I'll get killed nope. halfway through the second movie. <laughs> uh, one and a half. <laughs> smooth one and a half. Yeah, just like half. Just yeah. like smooth. <laughs> smooth one and a half, then get cut in half. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, Mark, you just cut the wrong one. So, Mark Hamill came I out. Did? Yeah, you cut the crate one. You were meant to cut the crate one, right? Oh. No. Actually, I didn't. I thought I, I didn't know the next one. I thought, no, no, I want to talk about this one. Okay, we'll talk about that one. I did the next one. Okay, well, Oof. don't get all don't get all. Dude, I'm sassy. getting huffy. Okay, I'm, I'm Tiffany Haddish sassy. Okay, you done? Sassy. Actually, I'm going to skip this one. Go ahead. All right, so Mark Hamill came out and, and just revealed, you know, like him and uh, Peter Mayhew and stuff, they, they always like try to sprinkle in little things about the original trilogy when, you know, they're coming through, right? Well, Mark Hamill said that um, 
he was actually a, not necessarily a little surprised, but you know when when he was told that he was going to be dying in the Last Jedi, mm. because in the original concept that George Lucas had for the sequel trilogy seven, eight, and nine. Uh, Luke was supposed to die at the end of nine. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that makes yeah. sense. So you know, just a, it's it's not necessarily a "woe was me" story, but it's more of like, oh, these are interesting comparisons to what was originally thought out by the creator to what it actually ended up being. Indeed. Um, yeah, boy, that's <laughs> funny. Uh, so books. Let's jump to this real quick. So uh, we have the next Timothy Zahn novel, which I think is is it out. Or is it just about to come out? I think it's just about to come out. It's just about to come out. Um, so it's uh, Thrawn Invader. Obviously, you're part of this. And really what it comes down to, man, is they are headed out to... Uh, are we saying that now or are we going to wait till later? No, we can say now. Okay. Uh, oh, it, let's talk about these next two then. So Darth Vader and Thrawn team up in the next one. Yeah, they they get sent on a joint mission to by the outer the reaches. To the outer reaches, yeah, which is which makes sense. We, we've talked about uh, Thrawn coming from the outer reaches and dealing with stuff out there, right? Well, what else in current Disney slash Star Wars pop culture ness has to do with the outer reaches? Um, Batu, Batu, my friend, and so Batu is apparently where the two characters go. And that is directly setting up Galaxy's Edge in the uh, Disneyland and Disney World theme parks. So, uh, actually, over dinner, Car and I were talking about this a little bit. And uh, I was talking about how there are some Indiana Jones Easter eggs built into the facade of California Adventure. Um, and I w- would be excited to read the book and see if there's going to be some things from the book spread throughout the Galaxy's Edge park. Yeah, I'd like to see that. That'd be cool. Um, so I'm actually really looking forward to this. I, I need to go back. I actually need to finish reading Thrawn. I, I got caught up reading other things. I want, I want to go back and read that. I want to read the next one. It's actually second on my list right now because my new Steve Barry is my favorite author. Right. His new book just came out. Well, and you know, once I get caught up with that, I'm, I'm actually a, a little bit of a road trip here in the next uh, few days, not road trip, but a little mini vacation for my birthday and stuff. So um, we're going to go out of town. So I'm going to try to catch up on a couple of things like that. Cool. By the way, would you like to know who personally told me about those Indiana Jones Easter eggs? I went to, this was, uh, I think it was at Phoenix Comic-Con. That's right. Skeen just met Zahn. Yeah. Well, I went to, I went to Phoenix Comic-Con a couple of years ago by myself. Yep. And I went to a panel that had to do with Indiana Jones and, uh, it was the Southern California Indiana Jones fan club. And they did, uh, and the head of the fan club was the Disney Imagineer. Well, I, I'm sitting down, and all of a sudden, who sits next to me in the crowd? Mm. Disney legend Tony Baxter. Oh, he's the um, holocron guy? No. Oh, uh, no, he's that's an Imagineer. Guy. He designed, like, a lot of stuff for oh, Disneyland. Oh, Baxter. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, cool. And so he sits next to me, and we're talking about it and everything, and, uh, and I got to take a couple selfies with him, and he says, yeah, you know, I helped design the facade for for California adventure. That's and cool. he said, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. This is what I would look for him somewhere. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, I, I'm jealous skiing. Um, I've met a couple of my favorite authors and, and, uh, having them sign something. It's, it's one of those moments where you walk up and you're like, uh, what do you say as they're signing your book and, and that kind of thing. So, um, that is really cool. I I've heard Zahn is a pretty cool guy. I can't wait to read his book. All right, let's really talk about quick, films. To give you nope, a quick list. You're tangenting. Excuse me. Uh, Tim, uh, Tony Baxter has worked for Disney for 47 years. 
And some of the stuff that he oversaw was Big Thunder Mountain, mm. Star Tours, Splash Mountain, Indiana Jones Adventure, and The Journey to Imagination. Nice. Well, he's all right. Uh, yeah. So Solo is um, apparently projected on track for a $150 million opening weekend. Yeah, which is nice. I, yeah. I mean, it, you got to remember, I think Rogue One was scheduled for about the same. I think they might have been 170 Yeah. Um, Just because it kind of had a dark, and you kind of knew Vader was going to be in it. Um, this one, you don't know certain things. I think a lot of this is having to do with Lando. Nice. Um, I think it actually will probably beat 150. I'm guessing probably more like 175. Yeah. That um, sounds about right. But there's a, a similar article for uh, Avengers when we get down to Marvel. Nice. I just like that the chat room is rubbing in that they've all met Timothy Zahn and we haven't. That's cool, <laughs> Zen. You've met him. Skin. Anybody else? Anybody else met Timothy Zahn? Uh, I met Michael Stackpole. <laughs> just kidding. Um, my show notes are filling me. Yeah, the problem is then is uh, we didn't record last week, and I and some of the stuff from last week I'm just cutting as we go, um, just because it's a little bit old. Well, at least we have a show outline. Yeah, deep cut. It's a big burn for old bad feeling. Okay, let's move on. So, uh, Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm sorry, Blaine. <laughs> Ultimate name drop right now. Just said I met Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Respect right. just went up, my friend. All right. So, Ryan Johnson. Let's... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you put is, this in there. I did. Yeah. Um, this just shows how much of like a, a counter... It's funny. The, the term counterculture, you know, is from the hippies and everything. I like to think of Ryan Johnson as like a counter-pop culturalist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and he's, he's actually come out and said he is most proud of the parts in Star Wars that made people the angriest. And I'm like... That's my kind of director. Yeah, so he loves the uh, casino scene and the um, uh, Poppins. Yeah, right? absolutely. He loves it. That's good. Absolutely. I like that. All right, what else? Um, oh, so um, if you don't know, you know, we we always hear box office numbers, right? Like we said, oh, it's tracking for $150 million opening. Right. You know, uh, uh, Force Awakens made $936 million. But the the ultimate thing is um profit right because like both Waterworld and titanic cost about 200 to 250 billion dollars to make right which one's more of a profit titanic yeah okay well it turns out that after everything's said and done which includes merchandising marketing you know uh distribution all that mm. stuff uh, the Last Jedi is the most profitable film of 2017. Nice, That's and good. the uh, the ultimate numbers here is. Let me get it out here. That's cool, dude. I like that. Yeah. So they ultimately made. Sorry, hang on a second. I should have had this open. Yeah, you should have. Okay, it says a new film, uh, a new report from Deadline, uh, crunches the numbers and determined that the film's cash on cash return ratio sits at a very healthy 1.72, which meant for every dollar yeah. they spent, they got back a dollar 72 that's really good though right yes um so the it turns out the film itself made a profit of 417.5 million dollars wow cool not too shabby not too shabby at all let's talk about episode nine dude because this is not dated this is as of today yes um well the last few days uh it looks like Ray and Finn are slated from the rumors uh, to be together in this film. Good, because not I, together as in lovers, but right, doing things together. Right. I am personally not a fan of the whole Raylo thing. 
No, no, no. So, uh, I mean, personally, I'm not a shipper anyways, but I'm not a fan of the whole Raylo concept. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the, the Finn and I think I look at Finn and Ray being brother and sister kind of. Yeah. And that they both kind of came into their own in the galactic sense at the same time. Oh, what I really liked about The Force Awakens, though, is the early parts of the film. The early parts of the film were some of my favorite moments. Not once, once Finn and Poe separate. I love the dynamic between the two of them. The holding hands, the running, dude, the the, whole, the, 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 the battle the scene Falcon, with the Falcon is awesome, and with Han and all that. Like they, that they was were, some of the best parts. And you know, and all the way up until, um, you know, Finn gets cut down. Episode seven was really about them. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it would be nice to come back to that in episode nine. It'd be nice to to come back to. All right, well, this is where we started, and now here's where we are, and Everything in between has been crap, but what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? Exactly. And and how are we going to, you know, we've lost Han, Leia, and Luke. What do we do with the Rebellion now? And I think it's going to, I would like to see the end of episode nine, especially because we know that's kind of the end of this particular saga. Like, I'd like to see it on their shoulders and them, and them actually, um, you know, making you know solidifying what the republic or whatever that's going to look like um on their shoulders going forward i think right cool. absolutely and so. don't forget we lost akbar too. give credit where credit's due you know who i would you love want me to cry now you know who you i had would to bring up love, akbar bro you know who i would love to see jj bring in to episode nine an older wiser ezra uh, and i i hope there's something like ezra that in Sabine, there just coming out of nowhere yeah, i think that'd be cool but you know, and even um, Sindula as well. So, you know, we, we'll figure it out. Um, Jason Sindula. Yeah, it could be Jason as well. All right, man. Uh, what else we got? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark Hamill. As Mark he, Hamill's awesome. As he does. He was doing some interview and he's like, you know, joking around. Don't get your hopes up about Luke coming back. And it's like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Yeah. So is well, he coming back? Is he not coming I mean, back? You think about it, even people that have come back as force ghosts, they get a line here, a line there. It's not like full on. No, no, he's not going to come back and do. It's a not whole scenery deal. chewing. It's you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. Honestly, you know who? Number two, you know what I think would be an excellent force ghost to come back? Hmm. Qui Gon. Yeah. Bring I would back, love to see Qui Gon come back, back, especially at this point. Exactly. Bring back freaking. Um, Liam Neeson, yeah, and as because he's the first Force Ghost. Come yeah. on, bring bring Neeson back and and uh, Obi Wan. Maybe they bicker a little bit. I know, right? It'd be kind of fun. I don't know. I like that. That would be cool. You heard it here first, folks. All, um, right. all right. So before we get out of this section, let's talk Parks News. This is the most depressing thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't even put in the show notes, so that was great. I had to cry as I entered this into our outlet. Actually, I believe it was in the in the newsletter this week. Mm. Um, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, so I always like to to harken back to one of Walt's fa- famous quotes: "Is that Disneyland will never be finished. No. It's always about change." For those of you who those of you who always who would ever say, "Well, it's not like it was when I was a kid." Did, Walt himself did not think of Disneyland or Disney World ever being that. It sounds way. very similar to Star Wars fans. Exactly <laughs> right. Um, so even though we personally are sad because one of our favorite haunts uh is 
What's that? What, what What's one you? of our favorite haunts? Oh, ESPN Zone. ESPN Zone. And I mean, I spent a lot of time at Rainforest Cafe. Yoruba, Yoruba. Um, when we stay at the uh, Hollywood Inn on the backside of um of the park on Walnut, uh, we walk through and we get sandwiches at Earl of Sandwich. Um, and I've never been to a movie there, but I always want to. Um, yes, you have. Did we go to a movie there? We went to go see Big Trouble. Oh, that's right. We did. Okay. I no memory of that. Okay. The point is, is the four things we just mentioned are going away to make room for a new hotel. I am 90% certain it is the Star Wars Hotel. Are uh, we getting it here or not? No, it's not a Star Wars Hotel. It is. Um, and actually, to, to kind of go back again to Zen here. Um, I will say that that Obi Wan scenes were significant. I do not think that they were long. No, they yeah, it was more like uh, in episode five, he says a few lines, and then you know Han shows up in a tanta. Right. Uh, okay. So first of all, it's going to be a four diamond hotel, which means it's going to be even oh, more. Oh, this is that one. Yeah. It's okay. Be never even mind. More expensive than the than California. California. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and it's going to open in 2021. This is according to ABC News Seven out of LA. Um, but let's see here. It's going to have 700 rooms. Um, it will be. It will have a uh, monorail platform. Yeah. Which means it's probably going to take the platform that is right now That's over, by over Rainforest, Rainforest, which yep. actually used to be connected to Disneyland Hotel. Oh, yeah, which is no longer, not even close. Right. Well, actually, the Disneyland Hotel is still where it was, but what is where the monorail was is that's where the car rental yeah. agencies used to be. Right, right. Um, but let's see, according to officials. So that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of, I forgot, I kept forgetting when I heard this story, I kept thinking, oh, they're making room for the Star Wars Hotel, but I forgot that it's only in Florida. Florida, yeah. and so and and I do remember this story. We covered this story months and months and months ago about a new high end hotel coming into downtown. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read the last couple things here. It says, in addition to the hotel, a new parking structure is being built that will bring in 6,500 new spaces. The park expects the structure to improve traffic and parking at the resort as well as speeding up parking time by 60%. Mm. Which actually, it's not bad right now as it is. It's not that bad. The new lot will be built on the Pinocchio surface next to the Mickey and Friends lot. Right now, the Pinocchio. I know where that is. Yeah, the Pinocchio surface lot is where all the RVs and buses park right now. That's the flat lot. Yes. That's right over to the, what, the right of the hotel. Yeah. Over behind the ESPN zone. Yes. Um, Construction is going to start February of 2018. So it has already started. Yeah. Uh, well, they've started the deconstruction. Right. And uh, it's going to open in 2019. And, and they're not going to relocate ESPN Zone, I wonder? No, I no, doubt they're it. Just not. And Rainforest, I had heard, was closing already. I didn't think they well, were going to. Rainforest gonna... is a chain. Yeah. Isn't doing as well. Um, ESPN Zone also as a chain hasn't done. I mean, you have a couple that do well. I mean, the one in New York does well. The one in Vegas. And the one in Vegas as well. The one in Florida does well. Yeah. Um, but. They don't I mean, need the downtown. The last few times that I've been to the one in in uh, Disney, downtown Disney just hasn't had the business. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I like going there, but I just like getting a big-ass beer and watching sports with my friends. Exactly. I mean, I yeah. still dig those seats at the very front that had everything oh, built in. and Absolutely. Um, I still remember the first time we ever went there, we saw the very first game of the Houston Texans. That's right. When they upset the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. I remember that. 
um yeah so i and actually you know um, and we watched the masters there I exactly mean, blaine know. blaine saying you know it sounds kind of lame but the thing is if you've ever been to disney world there's hotels everywhere no, there's so many hotels and disney owns so much of the land around disney world um especially if they start to expand into the whole westcott idea they're gonna have to have at least one or two more hotels. yeah absolutely absolutely all right, man. So uh, sorry to interrupt. Especially if they try to fight for bringing Comic Con to Anaheim uh, uh, in say five years. That's a that's a good point. All right. Uh, so let's get into the usual roundup. All right, dude. I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. We are going to get into our last section of the show, and um, <laughs> yeah, we might as well have a D and D section. Yeah, I'm thinking we're gonna get there eventually. But um, so the new D and D board game is supposed to show up in August, which I'm actually really excited about because um, it's hard to to get a D and D campaign going. But and like we tried to play Order of the Stick, you weren't here the other night, but and that's kind of like a D and D feel, right. kind of sticky thing, but. Um, in August, it looks like we're going to get a new D&D board game, and um, and then there's also going to be an augmented reality thing. Yeah, there's a new site. thing that's going to be on a mobile site where it's very similar to, if you remember, uh, last year's Star Wars is the same thing, Yeah, where you would see like a topographical map sort of thing on top of a, your own table. Exactly. So it's going to be something like that, but you're going to be able to... Uh, see like dragons come out and stuff like that. That'd be so cool, dude, to like be able to see that why you game that'd be neat yeah uh, speaking of merch really quick uh i saw a shirt on um uh is it t fury yeah and uh, i shared it with my my D group but it's great it shows the dragon getting crushed by a 20 <laughs> like literally the the, oh, the, so the back is getting broken and the the die is huge it's oh, great. i love it i love it um so speaking of merch a Re- ready player one exclusive funko pops are now available as well and um and i'm gonna put i'm not gonna put this in i'm not gonna put it up on the on the side here but um i have recently purchased this did for, you finally get them no i bought them but they're back they're they're not shipping them yet right but for my our anniversary my wife and i it's funny we got married on friday the 13th as you know and yes. our anniversary this year is on friday the 13th, friday the 13th which yes. is pretty cool and so I was hoping this would show up before, but I don't think it will um, because our anniversary is next week. But um, I bought her. Uh, I'm going to talk a little quieter. Some Game of Thrones um, house sigil wine stoppers, which yeah, and, are pretty damn cool. And if any of you were listening to us when we went to Comic Con last year, yeah, we actually had a nice booth visit with Factory Entertainment, yeah. who was actually creating these, and we got to see the. Uh, the original ones and they were very cool yeah and we're talking awkwardly quiet because you know my wife's in the other room but um we got to see a lot of what factory entertainment had to offer and this is one of the things i was really excited about and i wanted to purchase 50 bucks i have a link in the show notes if you want to buy them i got an email pretty much immediately saying hey they're not available right now yeah um and speaking of merch really quick i did uh, send out a new uh, newsletter to all of our patrons this week and it had a whole bunch of links to some really cool merch including one of my favorite things is some new Funko Pops uh, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Sandlot. Cool. Nice, dude. So, Alright, let's talk... Um, let's get to reviews and let's talk about uh, TV. 
So I have not had a chance to watch the first three episodes of Krypton yet. Have you? No, I haven't watched it. Um, I just was intrigued by the fact that, granted, this isn't saying a whole lot, but it has the highest ratings of any sci-fi uh, pilot since Ascension, which is good. Well, yeah, but if you remember... But I've heard good things about yeah, it. Yeah, if you remember a few years ago when Ascension first came out, it was all over Comic-Con. It took yeah. over the... No, it took over the Sci-Fi Cafe. Sci-Fi Cafe, else, yeah. exactly. Um, so, big news. I mean, big ratings. I know that they were worried about that. I, I do know that for a fact that they said they are not going to cross over with the um, with the Arrowverse at all. So, right, right, right. Yeah, so there's that. We'll uh, see. This um, next one is interesting. Yeah, no, this is weird. Okay, so Millie Bobby Brown, uh, who, plays who, who plays Eleven in um, Stranger Things, um, it, it it looks like she's getting nearly a three million dollar raise for season three, which, which you know, thinking about, oh, it's three million dollars, but you got to remember, it's, it's what ten, twelve episodes, but it's a three million dollar raise, right? Which means she was probably making, I'd say one or two. No, I would probably Not say even. she was probably making fifty grand an episode. You think so, so? Which means for the season, she was probably making half a mil, maybe three quarters of a mil. Huh. Um, well, I for, want, I just wonder because, um, well, it's very similar to like when Friends first came out; they were all making like twelve thousand dollars an episode. Right, right. right? Granted, it was nineteen ninety four, but um, and then it was wasn't until I think season eight where they all uh, cumulatively oh. bargained and they were getting they were each getting a million an episode. You were right, dude. Twenty five grand an episode. Yeah. So yeah, that's usually I mean, for especially for being a child actor, right? Uh, who hadn't really done much before. Now she's gonna get about three hundred fifty million, three hundred fifty thousand episodes. Yeah. So you're looking at about three point wow. five million for the season over the nine nine episodes. Nine episodes. Brown will make three point one five million. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Now the unfortunate thing is, I doubt her other people are getting as much, except for no, no, the no. kid who was in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's one thing I did like about Friends, and when they did collectively bargain, where they all got the raise. Right, right. Um, because there were some that that were willing to offer. Two million too. No, absolutely. So they community because I mean seriously, a million dollars an episode for Friends when they were on the air. They're making twenty four se- episodes. Of se- that's twenty four million. So a much year. money. Yeah, Skeen. When we were thirteen, I made I made a few mil, but no big deal. Well, yeah, I was I was, <laughs> I was delivering a, a free newspaper. <laughs> I was mowing lawns. Anyway, um, Jonathan Franks isn't convinced Quentin Tarantino's Frank-ish. movie. I always say Frakes, but yeah, okay, Frankies, Frankies. Fracas. Fracas isn't convinced Quentin Tarantino's movie will uh, be made. I honestly don't think it will. I would like to see it because I, I think would too. I think he's an underrated sci-fi writer. Yeah. But um, I honestly don't think it'll get made. So this next one is my favorite story of all time. Amazon. This just came out today. Amazon's Lord of the Rings movie with the most expensive show in history. Which is saying quite a bit because uh, Game of Thrones is expensive. Yeah. Uh Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip was really expensive. Yeah. So check this out. Madman was expensive. So I'm going to read this first little paragraph because I think it's important kind of to build up. It says, nearly nine hours in theatrical release and over 12 in extended home releases were apparently not enough to get every last piece of enjoyment, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it says, the once believed unfilmed bo- unfilmable books were turned into less than successful animated films in the 70s and 80s, but massively successful live action films in the 2000s, thanks Peter Jackson. Now Amazon has picked up the rights to turn it into a streaming series. And according to a a fascinating new piece by a Hollywood reporter, it's going to last at least five seasons and cost upwards of $1 billion. 
a billion dollars that's for five seasons of television that's kind of ridiculous william that's insanity is what that is you look appalled that's a billion dollars for a to make tv out of a movie franchise that has already made countless millions of dollars unless it's all from the point of view of the wraiths (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know man it's 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 hard to I mean and I get you know they're they're all they're doing is trying to fill the void of Game of Thrones with a known commodity. I get it, but we've already seen these movies. Yes. What are they going to do? And they already had diminishing returns going from the Lord of the Rings of to the Hobbit. Of course they did. The Hobbit was the shortest book and it was also three movies. Yes. And the original trilogy which was four books, no, okay. three books. The only thing that would trilogy. make this um more ridiculous if they decide to say, okay, all five seasons are going to be, be devoted completely to the Similiarian. If, if I, I, want, I want it to be one obscure short story that uh, Tolkien wrote at some point, And they're like, we're going to make this into a five season freaking TV show. I know, right? Like, And then they get through halfway through the first episode and the next five seasons are all ad lib. Oh my God, dude. I just, I, it, it's, when you read it and you see one billion over five years, like I don't know what the Game of Thrones numbers were. Clearly, they're not that high, but the well, production values with that and some of these other, um, you know, comic book TV shows we see, it's well, well, let's let's it's break, just so much money. Yeah, well, let's break it down a little bit because, um, unlike HBO and Showtime or whatever, you usually don't get a thirteen episode season from Amazon. You usually True. get ten. True. Right. So you're basically breaking it down for five seasons into fifty episodes. So fifty episodes into a billion, you're looking at what? A ridiculous amount per episode. Twenty million per episode. Twenty million, two hundred million. For the record, I am an English teacher. I did never one time in my head did the math. Uh, So one billion. (laughs) That's one hundred million. No, you're looking at. Seriously, why can I not do I'm, this? I'm not doing it. I can't do the math in my head. Okay. Well, here we are. Uh, you yeah, no, hit? it is. I got ahead right first time. $20 million an episode. Okay. That's ridiculous. That's a lot of money. Anything else you want to say about that? Because I got to move on. Ridiculous. It's gross. It's gross. Um, I hope it's good. And I might watch it. But, like, do we need movie quali- quality? I don't know. Does it need to be the Lord of the Rings movies? On the small screen every week. No. Not even Game of Thrones was that. There were moments where I was like, well, obviously that's a CG dragon or whatever right. it is. Like, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, you it's know? not a sci-fi channel, but still. No, it's, it could but be worse. This is this is where I, I guarantee you in next week's uh, Hollywood Babylon, it's going to oh, yeah. be, oh, no thanks, gonna, we already got one. Yeah, he's going to flip out. All right, so real quick, um, I'm going to jump through the rest of these really quickly in this section is that gina rodriguez's carmen san diego reboot is now a live action movie and i am so excited i am down with carmen san diego yeah i think it's gonna be good and gina rodriguez is awesome so we'll, we'll see how that goes now what i really hope is not necessarily i don't want it to turn into a whole universe yeah but please 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 purchase the rights to waldo and have her <laughs> run into waldo on a case oh yeah that'd be good that'd be good all right so um she is his hidden informant or okay. he is her hidden informant oh that would be awesome okay sorry are you done i'm done all right, so back to Gambit, because <laughs> we've never talked about Gambit in the three years we've been running this show. I know, right? And actually, uh, I have a, I, I think I have a, a reason why they finally have another date, so go oh, ahead. Oh, okay. 
Well, it looks like Gambit's going to go into production June 19th. Good. According to Fox. And I think the reason why this is happening is because, you know, a whole bunch of stuff was getting not necessarily put on hold, but say uh, having their feet dragged because of the whole merger with uh, with Disney to see what happened. Mm -hmm. But um, because Marvel is so beholden to um, uh, chronology and... Uh, in uh, timelines and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, X Men's usually just saying, you know, what the f, you know, go exactly. on. Exactly. So, but um, Fox this week came out and said, I don't have the exact article, but they basically came out and said, we are giving up on timelines. Yeah. And we're just telling good stories. Nice. Good. So if this is so what now, it's it, time to get back to game. Yeah, and and like that, and they kind of said, well, that's kind of what we started getting with Deadpool. We had a different Colossus. We right. had a different. Um, you know, you, you you didn't know whether you were going to get McAvoy or but they were awesome. Stewart, but they were awesome. So basically, they're going to say we're we're not going to care about timelines and we're just going to tell fun stories, and then Marvel can do what they want to do when they take over. Indeed. Uh, really quick, we're getting into Universal usual stuff. Berlanti, all the CW shows were renewed for another season. Yeah, we don't have any links in these show notes, but if you go to the newsletter, yeah, uh, which is also up on our Patreon page, I put all the links. In yeah, there. and I and I and purposely didn't do it. I did, you know. There's no point, obviously, but it's Supergirl, Riverdale, Black Lightning, Arrow, Flash, uh, Legend of Tomorrow, and Supernatural, which is like their 87th season? Yeah, it's getting close. Actually, I think it's their 16th or 15th. Uh, 84th. Yeah, well, that's how old they are. Here we are. Um, Um, Well, Disney news. Yeah, if you've been wondering why we've been having something up on our screen, (laughs) this week the D23 Expo dates have been confirmed for 2019. Um, It's going to be August 20th through the 25th of uh, 2019. Nice. And uh, like I said during uh, trailer time, I want to get press passes to this. Don't we all? I'm in. Let's do it. Word. Um, I put this one in. Okay. Um, Neither one of us have been to Disney World since Avatar Land has opened. Um, but if you remember when Avatar Land first opened, um, I call it Avatar Land. It's not. It's uh, what's the name of their planet? Uh, Pandora. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith said that the Avatar ride um, is one of the best rides he's ever been on. And then my sister has been to Disney World since then, and she's not even an Avatar fan. She didn't care for the movie. Yeah, she yeah. didn't. But she said the ride was phenomenal. Wow. Well, um, the. Uh, there's a major industry award for ride manufacturing and the avatar flight of passage, uh, won the outstanding visual effects, uh, award this year. So awesome. You know, good on Disney Imagineers. It's awesome. Uh, I am, how do I want to say this? I, I hate everything about this idea. Okay. And I'm just going to say, can I say, can I just say, and I, I have not been the biggest advocate for the Disney remake, live action remakes. Right. This is right? talking to the person who gave up on Beauty and the Beast. I I one started watching. Top, I was like, this is the same movie. One of the top 10 films of all time. Bro. Money wise. Bro. Brosif. Brosifa. So what I'm saying is uh, Disney's Lady and the Tramp is going to get a live action remake. Uh, I'm... Coming as a huge Disney are, are fan, you, are you kidding me? Here? No, gonna... I'm going to say I'm rather indifferent to this. I don't care. Indifferent, but no, no, no. The reason, the only, I might be angry. No, no, no. Because the more positive thing I have about this, if they're willing to go deep cuts and make Lady and the Tramp 
and Mulan, not that Mulan's a deep cut, but you know what I mean. These yeah. are all classics. I mean, all Disney movies are classics. Sure. But if they're willing to do that, then that's one step closer that we're going to get to a live action Black Cauldron movie. And that I am that, all in on. That I'm excited about. All right. Yes. All right. If this, if, if, if they're going down the line, because so far we, we're getting close to 10 movies. That's true. Out of 55 or so live action uh, remakes of 55 animated films, we have almost yeah, like yeah, yeah. 20% okay. of them remade. Ultimately, they're going to get to Black Cauldron. And I Poppins, am so yeah. all in yeah, yeah. live action. Yeah, yeah. A live action, I like revisiting Black Cauldron. In live action would be awesome, dark, and cool. The and, and actually in. that would be something I would go five seasons on. Yeah, I mean, and, and turn it into a TV show, put it on the live stream. There's five books on the on the service. There's five books. It's not Black Cauldron's the second book in the series. The entire series, the entire um, uh, Pridean Adventures is what they're called. Yeah. Is fin- uh, Pridean Chronicles? So do you have a, a, a mess? Um, an email, a strongly worded letter to old Disney uh, about I, what they I, should do. I will. I will. I will write. No, no. Book. I mean, I honestly think, man, that's what they need to be spending their time on is something to rival the Game of Thrones is out there. Bring back, bring a property you have. You you did Black Cauldron. I that was one of the first video games I ever played was back in the day. Right. Uh, first PC games, I should say, was the Black Cauldron game. Mm-hmm. And you know, you type in your stuff and you do your thing. But like, like, how cool would that be to bring that back now and do a you know, a Game of Thrones style TV show. Yeah, and you know it's kind of funny. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, I never read Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. Right. I read the Pridane Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Those were my stories. Mm-hmm. I was all in on, you know, Terran the pig, the pig keeper, exactly. and uh, Princess Islandwee, and all. I mean, those were my characters. Yep. And the freaking Horned King is one of the most devastatingly scary right childhood villains ever. But make it, make it a. Don't make it for young adults. Make it for adults. Oh, absolutely. And I think that I think that would be really interesting. Um, so I'm not in on this Lady in the Tramp. No, thing. and actually, Blade makes a really good point that the story for Lady in the Tramp would make for I think a kind of weak um, uh, live action movie. I think the only way it works is if the script they write kind of turns it into more of a West Side Story Romeo and Juliet tale, to be. where there's a lot where there's a little bit more conflict of the from a proper female with the guy from the other side of the track. Exactly. Yeah. The Black Cauldron. It was a DOS game. DOS. <laughs> uh, it was green and black. And it was, it was literally actually, and I actually told this story at my grandfather's funeral last year. Um, that was one of the games I played with him. Yeah. You know, um, on his, one of those PCs he had back in the day, he was getting me, and he's the reason I'm into gaming. And um, it was it was amazing. It All was right, really you, awesome. you were mentioning green and black, right? And it just reminded me, I saw another really cool shirt on T Fury today, and it was it says uh, it's very themed like Final Fantasy, and it shows Oliver, but it's O L V R or L O V E R or something. Yeah. It's, it's misspelled, um, but in underneath it says zero of sixty health. And it shows the green arrow. Oh, and it good. says, you have failed this city. Would you like to continue? <laughs> continue? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, all right, let's move on to Fox, dude. Fox uh, has canceled Deadpool's animated series. And I'm bitter. And I'm bitter, and so is Tom Glover. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God. Uh, he's not happy about it. There's a bunch of stories about it out there. I don't... Uh, from what I can glean, it's a creative differences, but... I like I like Kevin Smith or uh, Mark Bernardin's explanation of it uh, in Fat Man on Batman. He said like, 
okay, Donald Glover wanted to make an awesome show, and they didn't want to make the awesome show he wanted to make. They wanted to make so, the safer show? Yeah, so they didn't make the show. <laughs> yeah, so what does Donald Glover do? Uh, so he leaks the Deadpool animated series script. <laughs> And does awesome Donald Glover things. Yep. And I cannot wait to see him as Lando Calrissian in. Um, because what word describes somebody leaking the script? Yeah. Scoundrel. He's a scoundrel. He's a scoundrel. I love it. Um. All right, man. So let's get to Marvel. So we have in the uh, worst kept secret in Marvel culture. <laughs> is it a secret? No. No. Uh. So Chris Evans is officially done after Avengers Four, which is kind of old news now because we didn't record last week, but. It is it is happening. So not obviously Infinity War, but the next Avengers film, he's done. Right. So um and there's speculation out there, so that means he doesn't die in a in Infinity War. No. That's not not we what that know. means. Yeah. They might be misleading us altogether. It <laughs> but, could be a MacGuffin. Yeah, as of right now, he's he's uh not he's done after that movie. Exactly. He's contracted for that. Doesn't mean they might do another. They might do another Captain America movie in that in the interim, right? Uh, there's nothing in the. Plan. Is there nothing slated? Okay, I, I was wondering about that. Um, no, because the only thing that's uh, uh, in between right now is Captain Marvel and uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Okay, Did, we don't have a date for Avengers Four though, right? Oh uh, yeah, it's next July. Oh okay, well or next mind, May, then. May June or July, something like that. All right. Well, fine. Shows what I know. Okay, so James Gunn. Uh, I love this story. This just came out. I just saw this either yesterday or today. Uh, I hope this is true because that means it's going to be amazing. Well, it has to be because if you ha- if you haven't seen the uh, the Avengers Infinity War trailer yet, the whole scene where Star Lord looks at at uh, Tony Stark and says, "I your plan is awesome, except for it sucks. It sucks. Let me do the plan, and therefore it might be really good." <laughs> that is straight. Da- that is not Russo voice. That's James Gunn. That is James Gunn voice. Yeah, and this is somebody who's done two Guardians movies. The dialogue is brilliant. The, the the humor is brilliant and I hope uh so we're bearing the lead obviously, but we're uh the speculation is and I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but James Gunn wrote dialogue for the Guardians of the Galaxy characters yeah, well, you also, in yeah, Avengers. You also see it in the whole Yeah. I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> like, What's your language. language? <laughs> and I, I I little things like that is just um really I, I don't know, it speaks vol- volumes for this universe and really means like, okay, well we're gonna make this film but like, hey, come in and write the dialogue for these Deep characters real quick, bench. you know, and and they have these people that are not only willing to do it, but they want to do it. And it's their characters and it's important. OK, look at it this way. They're they not have, in it for a paycheck. Is what I mean. No, absolutely. They have somebody involved in the Marvel universe who they haven't even brought in for any creative choice. And that's John Favreau. Right. Dude, this guy is so Favreau's a sinner like right now. He's like, <laughs> put me in. Coach. He's like, are you ready? Yeah, seriously. When Favreau finally, you know, it's gonna happen eventually. I mean, yeah. I know he's doing a ton of work with, uh, um, he's doing Dis- Star Wars upcoming, and you know, he's doing, uh, he's, you know, he did uh, at least two or three Disney movies, and he's doing another yeah. one upcoming. I mean, he's doing um, Lion King right now, um, and then he's got the trilogy that he signed up for for Star Wars. You know, once we get to Phase Four, they're gonna suck him in for at least one movie. Exactly. Um, all right. So speaking of Infinity War, let's get to this. Um. Oh, okay. Put this in. First thing is, uh, I mentioned actually, I mentioned this to Car, but I have a link in here. A Marvel fan created an ultimate road to Avengers: Infinity War MCU supercut. It's about twenty minutes, and but the thing is, it is so worth the watch. Um, 
I would almost say we should do a trailer time of just that one day. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, actually, you know what we should do? We should do that as a as a precursor to the to the thing because it pulls everything from the we first do Iron it next Man. Week too. Yeah, we do everything from the first Iron Man up until um, the the most recent one. Black Panther. Yeah. But the thing is, it doesn't do it chronologically. It splices it in. It makes sense to tell you the exact story that Infinity War is going to lead to, which is the Infinity Stones. It is really brilliantly edited. Cool. Sounds so, good to me. So watch it. Um, earlier, we talked about how uh, uh, Solo was tracking for $150 million. Uh, looks like Avengers is tracking for $200 million. So this would be, I believe, only the third or fourth movie to break $200 million in opening weekend, uh, matching, of course, uh, Force Awakens. Uh, Jurassic World, I think it no, that might have only hit one eighty five. Yeah, we'd have to look. Uh, at the Black list Panther again. came really close. Yeah, um, but only this, oh, uh, Avengers another, Ultron, I think, did it too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of a- Avengers four, yes. Um, so the Russos have confirmed that if you go back and watch Civil War, it hints to what we're going to see in in Civil War. Oh, I love it. I love it. And wait, and actually, you mean Infinity War? No, it says Avengers 4. Not Infinity War. Avengers 4. Wait. Say it again. Avengers 4. 4. Russo says, the Russo brothers confirm that there are hints to what's going to happen in Avengers 4 in Civil War. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you meant. I I don't know if you said it that way. Not Infinity War, but Civil War. I got you. But Avengers 4. And this actually, Blade made a, a thing, his theory... Blade in the chat room says his theory with Captain America is that he dies in Infinity War, but they go back in time and bring him back in Avengers 4. I don't think they go back in time to bring him back. I think what we're going to get is we're going to get the uh, um, the barf system that we got in Civil War when mm-hmm. Tony Stark goes back mm-hmm. to the night his parents died. Right. And um, he is going to use that to communicate with with uh, with Cap. No, I like that. So I think that's the hint that they're talking about bringing from Civil War. Into so he dies in Infinity War, and they but they bring him back virtually. Bars, yes. Yeah, I like that idea. Okay, all right. So there's that. Um, big news with Black Panther. Yeah. I honestly, I will say this: three weeks ago, when we talked about how Gangbusters Black Panther was doing, yeah, I, think this is I didn't think it was going to catch up to Avengers, but it officially passed Avengers wow. to be not only the highest grossing solo superhero movie of all time, but the highest grossing superhero movie of all time. That's amazing. Um, it is now fourth all time behind. Um, Force Awakens, Avatar, and Titanic. Titanic, yeah. Um, and actually, the, the odds of it catching Titanic are very, very good. Really? Um, because because a, a couple weeks ago, I didn't think it was even close. Yeah, it's really close. You know, uh, um, it, it's really not going to catch Avatar. No, and no. it's definitely not going to catch Force Awakens. But let me bring up how close it is to Titanic. I want to say it's less than twenty million away. Oh wow. Um, let's see. I mean, how much longer have we got? A couple weeks, maybe. Well. Considering, okay, we live in this tiny town, and we lose movies almost weekly. Yeah. Right? Big movies. Like, I think Star Wars was here three weeks. Yeah. We had Black Panther here for six weeks. It we was just a big deal for we us. We just lost it this week. Yeah. Um, so, Which yeah. This is a bummer, because I really wanted to see it again. Right. So, uh, right now, as of today, well, as of last night's grosses, Black Panther's at 655, 623. Okay. Titanic is at 659, 363. It's less than... it's. Three and a half million. Five million, away. yeah. Okay. All right. So it's going to catch it this weekend. Crazy. Uh, but and that it's another hundred and one million to Avatar. Yeah. Um. So this was a story that I had in for. Oh wait, we have another Black Panther story. Um. Where are we skipping that here? one? Oh, this is huge. We. I mean, okay. 
I'm going to bury the little bit, the little bit here, and I'm actually going to steer away from Marvel and go back to DC. If you remember when Wonder Woman came out, there was the huge drama that Wonder Woman was not going to play in certain countries because she was Israeli. Israeli, yep. We talked about that a lot, actually. We did, and it just shows how um, characters and the actors that portray them can definitely be polarizing. Black Panther is officially going to become the first movie to be publicly screened at movie theaters in Saudi Arabia in three and a half decades. Really? Not three and a half years. 35 years. Before, in that time, they've only wow. had um, state-controlled publicly screened films. That's crazy. They haven't, like, they never got the Star Wars, like, 35 years. So 35 years ago is... Um, what you're looking at? 19, no, that was 1983. A few years after I was born, 83. They did not get Return of the Jedi. I'm turning 39 in, in a few that. days. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. They didn't get back to early the 80s. They did not get Forrest Gump. That's Gump. crazy. They didn't get Titanic. That's they crazy. didn't get Star Wars: Force Awakens. But Black Panthers. Uh, uh, but Black Panther is going to be the first movie in 35 wow. years to to sh- to play in Saudi Arabia. That's a big deal, man. That's a huge deal, especially for such a country that that proposes itself to be um, striving for modernity, but really doesn't. Right. This is a big step. Crazy dude. I mean, uh, this is this is on kin to a couple years ago when they started. Le- I mean, okay, not this bet, but when they started letting women drive. Yeah. A couple years ago, right, that, right. that that's more groundbreaking, but obviously, considering, but still. I mean, this isn't like it's you know the Omar Khayyam movie from a couple years ago called The Keeper. You, you're not looking at a an uh, an Islamic Arabic uh, writer who's re- world renowned around the world. You're looking at a movie of created by and starring African Americans, Americans being the key word there, right? About a society that really has nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. Crazy. That's major. Sorry, my that's my history geek coming out. No, no, it's fine, dude. I mean, that's it's it's a huge deal. Absolutely. Huge deal. Um so speaking of things that are not a huge deal, um okay. Agents of Se- Agents of Shield it might be on the bubble for season 6. I and from what I and Well, and, it was on the bubble after season 1. It, it was. It's been pretty safe since then. But I I I think what's interesting about this is we watched the first 3 seasons, two and a half. Two and a half, three seasons, something like that. And I like the show. I just, for me, it's a hard time. I have a hard time keeping things in the rotation as long if it's not like the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to keep it in the the every week watching rotation. And then you end up binging it some summer day. Right. And... And we, and we might go. I would like to go back yeah, to it I mean, maybe I'll tell over you, the I summer. I was watching episode eleven of season one. Yeah, I still way. I'm way 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 behind. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious about how much of this has to do with the fact that last week we got news that Clark Gregg, right, uh, Phil Coulson is being pulled into Captain Marvel. Granted, Captain Marvel does take place in the nineties. It makes sense. The it, fact that they're actually acknowledging that Coulson is in the Marvel universe right. and he's pulling him back to the big screen. And there's some other folks, I guess, that are going to be pulled into that as well. Nick Fury. Uh, and, and, yeah, uh, into Marvel, into uh, Captain Marvel, which I think is good. So yeah. we'll see. Stan Lee uh, has confirmed his next, and I, um, I'm i really bummed about this. You know what his next deal is going to be? So he's confirmed his next, after his break, uh, his next appearance at a Comic-Con, or at a convention is going to be, any guesses? 
I'm guessing it's the the former kamikaze in L.A. Uh, that's going to be a big fat nope. That's going to be Silicon Valley Comic Con, which almost ran him over two years ago. I know, right? And he that's will, this weekend. He's going to be there? He'll be there this weekend. Oh, I thought that was early. I was giving nope. it to after Comic Con. Nope. This weekend, Stan Lee will be at Silicon Valley Comic Con, which we were, we were at the first one. We missed last year and we'll miss this year. But hopefully next year we'll come back to it. I like to make it a regular thing. It just... It seems to fluctuate more than I like, uh, date wise. It does, you know. Um, yeah, which um, it's. I mean, like, because the first time we were able to go because it was right near spring break. Right. Second time it was right near your your anniversary, so we couldn't go. Right. And then this year is obviously a wash too. Right. But um, um, but anyway, yeah, a couple of quick stories that I didn't put in here. But if you remember the the thing about Stanley's blood got stolen, right? Did you hear about that? Wait, wait, what? Some of his blood got stolen from what? I think the hospital or something like that. But evidently, it turns out that somebody had used it to to sign his comics with oh, the weird. blood. Really kind of weird. I didn't read the whole article. Oh, but there's a lot of people who do sign with blood right. um, as part of a thing. But but that's weird. Um, second of all, there's actually going to be a new, conven- con- new convention starting in uh, Vegas next year. So it might be someone we should look into as well. Cool. All, all right. right. Uh, let's do um, Comic-Con. Comic-Con stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out here. Patrick Rothfuss. He is an amazing writer, and and read um, uh, the name of the wind uh, is a phenomenal book. He's written two books in what I only hope is more than a trilogy. Um, I I only put this in here because at WonderCon he was there, and I'm really hoping he's there for San Diego Comic Con. It's the only reason I put the story in here because he's an amazing author. Read the book. It's it's phenomenal. Audibletrial.com slash user podcast. I listened to it on audiobook and actually both of them. And they're phenomenal, phenomenal books. That's um, another thing. If WonderCon wasn't so uh the date wasn't so far. I know it's always a funky I would love date. to go to, to WonderCon. And we could do a Disneyland thing know, too. It'd right? be cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping he shows up to San Diego Comic Con, which literally is the only reason I put this in here. Skin, name of the wind is the is the sickness. I know. Um, hotel, oh, hotel. I'm actually. I don't even have to say this. The hotel lottery um, was yesterday. Yes. Um, and so if you're listening to this, obviously it's too late. But I'm um, I'm waiting to kind of see how it went. Zen says he's hearing back on Monday, and so we'll hear from Zen and some other folks. So we'll report back next time. Um, I have a link in here that has to do with um, some VR stuff that's going to happen in San Diego. And I guess the same company, I think it's Void, that does the um, uh, Star Wars Stormtrooper virtual reality okay. thing down at San Diego, uh, not San Diego, at uh, downtown Disney right. and some other locations. They're doing uh, a thing down there as well. Yeah, well, I mean, there's already been some VR stuff. I mean, if you remember, we went to um, uh, Geek HQ. At the Children's Nerd Museum, HQ. a couple Nerd HQ, a couple years ago at the the Children's Museum, yep. and we got to do that VR game of that London mm-hmm. or London Heist mm-hmm. was the name of the game, um, and then of course the Oculus always does the Game of Thrones thing, and I think what's interesting is um, uh, we'll we'll keep you abreast on this stuff because uh, these are the kind of things you're gonna have to make an appointment for and yes. pay for ahead of time. Um, in downtown Disney, you can easily make appointments. It's thirty bucks a pop um and you know it's it's an hour or so or whatever right. and you do a whole thing so this is where the same sort of thing where we got a sample battle run yes but 
the way they do it downtown Disney every time is it's it's very basically that but all time. Right. So it's like they they they're doing this whole thing. So um, I'm hoping they do it. I would really like to do it. Um, good luck, Zen. Anybody else who was in Hotel Apocalypse. And the last thing here is Petco Interactive Zone is getting a whole new uh, makeover. Uh, so that whole parking lot area by Petco is getting a whole thing. We have a link in the show but it's notes also to the, it. The park itself inside the stadium. Um, the, it's gone over a couple. I mean, uh, Walking Dead had something in there before last mm-hmm. year. It was uh, the uh, Impractical Jokers uh, right. gang had it uh, up in. We had Camp uh, Camp Nerdist right uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but this it looks like it's a total revamp. And it's really cool for people because they accept people that don't have tickets. Yeah. And it's something yet one more thing people can do off site um, that don't have badges. So please, even if you don't have badges, come and visit us. Yeah, exactly. So this is the moment where. Actually, we can do that one as a bonus for. Yeah, we'll do that. So we're going to do a quick uh, review of RPO. Uh, Ready Player One. We saw it on opening night. And since we didn't record right after or the next day. Um, which is my fault it's fine it's been a week um and the movie's been out so if you don't want spoilers we're not gonna we're not gonna go super in depth i just want to say a few things about it um and then i'd love to come back maybe next week and and talk a little more in depth about it but overall um it took um I'm, i'm gonna say it this way it took my wife and i who we both read the book and obviously i've been teaching the novel for a few years uh, it took us a couple, uh, I'd say 25, 30 minutes of talking back and forth as the movie is going. The beginning was fine. You know, it, it, it mirrored the book enough to where we're like, okay, that's fine. And then things started happening. We're like, wait, did this happen? And the wife, she, cause I mean, you know, hello shining. Yeah. She's like, she's like, did this happen? Did this happen? And I was like, no, no, no. And once we got past, and, and honestly, I have a lot of students who are upset about the movie. And, I'll, and I will tell every single one of them this. Um, first of all, thank you for reading a book. Yes. Second of all, uh, I'm glad you feel the way I have always felt about reading a book and then going to see a movie. It's never going to be the same. That said, I like the fact that they just said, okay, here's this world. Here's this book. We're going to go this way with it, right? And this is the way – this is Spielberg's vision of Ready Player One. Now, first of all, visually, beautiful. I think they did most of the characters well. Uh, But ultimately, I like the fact that they took this world and they made it into a thing that it really could have been anything. They could have they could have told any story they and turned, it really they turned it into a sandbox. Yeah, and it really doesn't matter what story they told. Yeah. It was the fact that there are these three challenges, there are people trying to get it, and there's a bad guy, and this is it. That was bottom line what that that book was yep. about. Um but I really, really, really enjoyed what they did with it. And and what it took for us was letting go of the fact that all right, this is nothing like the book. Now let's see what they do in this world. Yes. And that was it. And that was it for me. Okay. I've got three things to say. Go. One is a rationalization. One is a comparison. And one is just what my favorite thing about it was. One, if they had done everything that was in the book, 
it would have not only been about a $600 million budget, <laughs> but it would have been about a six-hour-long movie. And not only that, uh, Sam uh, would have been in the movie for about 30 seconds. Yes. Like, at the end. In yeah. real life, I mean. Yes. You know. All right. Second, a comparison. If anybody... And, okay, like the exact title, this was a very well-read book before the movie came sure. out. Forrest Gump is based on two books. And those books were not widely read before the movie came out. Indeed. Watch the movie and then read the books. So far different, not only in story, but also in tone. But they're just as good. Okay? Night's in. You're able to make a really good film, even though it is different from the source material. Later. Good night. CRPO. Yeah, we'll do a spoiler review. Don't worry. Okay. Um, And then the third thing, my favorite thing about it is I love film scores. Yeah. And my favorite thing about this film was that um, Alan Silvestri, who is speaking of Forrest Gump, he did the score for Forrest Gump. He did the score for Back to the Future. He has definite pop culture cred. Um, He was so brilliant about this because he picked and chose um, little what are called sound cues from older scores and put them in opportune times. For example, somebody gets punched at the end of the movie. And the the cue that happens is the same exact cue that happens when George McFly punches Biff Tannen yeah, at the car at the Enchantment of the Sea dance. And it Back looks to the future. And that was one of the things that I felt that a lot of my um, that a lot of the, my students and the people who've read the book wouldn't get wouldn't grasp. Yeah, because a lot of this movie wasn't for them. No, a lot of this movie was references to our childhood because that was Ernest Klein's childhood. Exactly. And 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 I and I felt bad but they did uh, on you know the flip side of that they did a really good job of putting more modern pop culture references into it. Uh uh you know Halo and 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 you know and stuff like that. They 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 managed to do that but at the same time a lot of those little nuances those 80 specific nuances yeah. were, were for us. There's a, I mean, everyone talks about Generation X, mm-hmm. which I'm firmly planted in, and gener- in, in the millennium genera- millennial generation, which is a lot of the kids that are you're teaching and right. older. Um, but there's a micro generation in between that actually you and I are more fitting in, and it's, it goes from 75 to 85, people born from 75 to 85, and they're what's called the Oregon Trail gen- generation. Right. Um, and that is specifically the micro generation that this film was made for. Um, because there were sound cues from, from Last Crusade. There were sound cues from Jaws. Or exactly. Everything. Um, it was just brilliant. The, the, I thought, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago how. Yeah, I want to talk about that, Blake. Good. Go um, ahead. We talked about a couple weeks ago about how um, they're releasing The Last Jedi in a score only version without the sound effects and without the uh, the dialogue. Yeah. I would like to, to hear a score only version of this. So all you see are the visual cues with the music cues. I would love to see that. Exactly. Um, Blade brings up a good point, And that was actually one of my favorite parts about the film as well, is how they took a character as he, he had a similar role, but a role you didn't see as much um, in the book that you saw in the movie. You got to see a little more from not his perspective. Well, I guess his perspective too um, was IROC. You get to see him in the basement being kind of a jerk, people kind of making fun of him and stuff, but he was integral in, in, uh, uh, um, you know, Sorrento getting to where he was in the book. Yeah. He was right? a key henchman. He, he was a henchman. TJ Miller did a really good job. Voicing. Well, and, and, and when you get, when you get uh, um, when you get him voicing it, and then you also get the fact that he's up to mischief, 
it was so much fun watching that character unfold and knowing that they had to get through him to get beyond. And, yes. and I liked, I liked that they took a, a character that was obviously you knew that he had a role, but he was more of like a, a nuisance to the characters. But in the grand scheme of it, you knew he had a bigger role. Right. And the movie did a good job of not only dealing with him, but I I think also Sam's Samantha's character. Mm-hmm. Also the fact that like they changed obviously the whole story about him, her bringing him in and all that. And but I thought that was great. But I think they did a good job of making that to where then they could develop that relationship sooner and meet prior to um, all of these things that you see in the book. Yeah, the, and, the, and I thought that was good. And I thought uh, the the actors who played Wade and Sam had great chemistry, yeah. both in the digital Oasis and also yeah, they in did a the good real job. life. I, I really liked it. Well, and also uh, hats off to Spielberg and, and his imagining of this film is the fact that I didn't think they would actually do most of the film. I'd say, what, 85, 80% of it was animated. Yeah. Um, they spent a lot of money on getting that right and making sure that when we were in the Oasis, we were in the Oasis. And the other really cool thing that I think that you don't get in the book, and this is what I was trying to tell a couple other people, some students too, is the book is a first person point of view. Yes. And in a movie, you, you can't, you can do that, but you also have to show other things and you have a little more freedom. What I really, really enjoyed about the film was the fact that you got to see other people interacting in the Oasis that wasn't Wade. So you see people on their couches shooting invisible monsters and stuff like that. I just thought that was... pole dancing. Yeah, you get to see a whole world, a, a whole bunch of people in the real life in a crappy existence interacting in a world that was amazing. My favorite was was when there was a fire going on in the stove and the mom was was trying to the daughter was trying to get the attention of the mom and the mom falls over the back of the couch saying get your yeah, dad yeah yeah i love it and and i mean we do that now i mean i game with people that have kids i have kids and it's like when my kids come in them it's like hold on a second hold on a second i gotta finish being this boss you know and exactly. like and, and you we do that but it was it's another thing to see people fully moving and interacting yeah because that's something you can definitely do in a movie that you can't do in a book you can't in a book, you can't really describe the background images without pulling. Here, you can focus on the primary right. person and still have so much going on in the background. Exactly. So, um, ultimately, man, um, I really enjoyed the film for what it was. Um, outside of once you separated from the book, it was a really cool film. Yes, and it was definitely a very Spielberg film. It was pop culture heavy. It was. Um, it was it was a crap ton of fun. Yeah, well, well, speaking about the CGI really quick, a lot of people forget that Spielberg has history that with Polar Express. Yeah, absolutely. So good point. Yeah, and that movie. Yeah, absolutely. And my my kids, my my mom loves that movie. Um, anything else about RPO, dude? I mean, no, I, I'm 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 probably gonna go see it again this week. I'd like to see um, it again as well. Yeah, because I mean it's your birthday coming up, so yeah. we'll go see it and have some drinks. Yeah, and I think we'll and maybe we'll do a. Should we do a drunk RPO cast? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that would be fun to do. But honestly, man, I, as an English teacher, I'm actually actually really happy that um, that the movie is so different than the book because then I can continue to teach the book and not have to worry about kids going, I'll just go watch the movie. Well, but the, the real cool thing is now you can teach the book, then show the movie and show the... And then we can talk well, about the it. importance exactly. of how... 
story can change without altering quality. And the cool part about that, too, is the beginning of my unit uh, or the beginning of my school year talks about heroes, antiheroes and storytelling. And we talk about, um, you know, the hero's journey and all that. And then bookending it with we're still in pop culture. We're still talking about spill. We're talking about these things. But like, let's talk about. All right. So we have the the original content and we have the creator's content and and what can we do uh what what can we talk about within that i think that's exactly. good i think that's really cool. um and blay in the, the chat he brings up one of my favorite quotes from the movie is well i thought you were bluffing i've got like <laughs> 10 worth of shit on me 10 years worth of shit on me right and what what happened is when that thing went off and and iraq is disintegrating yeah you can see, literally see his hand trying to catch the coin when i love the i love the um the visuals of that because yes. there's there's a weight that comes to death in mmos i mean well, in gaming in general, and in a game like this, it's like there's they make a good point of zeroing out. They say, "Oh, zeroing out." Okay, so you worked really hard, you leveled your character, and when you die, you lose your shit, and and literally, you your gold, everything that you've earned starts to fall off of you. Yeah, and you the visual have, of that yeah, was if you really didn't have cool. It locked in a cargo or anything yeah. like that. If it's on your body, you're losing it. Yeah, and I and I and I think. Uh, I rock would be one of those people that would keep it all on him. And I think that was, I, I don't know. I, I like that character. I like what they did with Sam. Um, the H actress, I, I think with H was a little interesting. And the modulation they did with the voice of the avatar was a little hard to understand in the beginning. Yes. Um, but those are minor quibbles. I mean, honestly, like once you let go of the fact that it's not the same exact plot of the book, which I'm actually glad about, um, it was a really fun movie and a really, beautifully told and well-imagined movie. And and I'm glad Spielberg had his hands in it. Yeah, because I think they really could have gotten uh, lost themselves in the uh, concept of what happens in the waste. Like when Wade in the books makes so much money in endorsements and all of a sudden right. he's got the apartment and the and the the wicked suit and all that stuff and they that all fell by the way so it was it was unimportant to the actual story and also um on that note the ogden morrow character i thought was interesting because they never actually used him in the way they did in the book he came in later and not only that he was there the whole time and i like the fact that he was the custodian Simon Pegg was awesome yeah and i like that he was the custodian the whole time not custodian curator curator the whole time I like that he was the uh, curator the whole time. And I like how they did the coin. I like it's like, oh, I lost a bet. Here's a coin. And he didn't have to, you know, we didn't have to watch a character play Pac-Man for nine hours like exactly. he did in the book. Because who would want to watch that? I like how they did it. It's like, okay, here's a coin. I lost a bet. And that coin is what made it so you can actually win the game. Yes. And um, I thought that was cool. Um, I would have liked to see Ogden Morrow's character a little earlier, um, but we did (laughs) and didn't know it. So I thought that was cool. So Cool. I think that's it. All right, man. Uh, So thanks for tuning in to The Usual Podcast. If you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Find us on Twitter. I am at Darth Pops. Will is at I am Will Griggs. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, all those things. Share us, like us, share, tell your friends. Support the show. We are Patreon. Patreon? We are Patreon. Patreon.com slash the usual podcast. Um, seriously, we have a bunch of ways to support us on there. Um, a bunch of tiers, a newsletter, blooper reel, all kinds of stuff. Check us out there. 
and audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. Get a free audiobook on us through Amazon. And of course, teespring.com slash store slash usual podcast. Buy t-shirts and iPhone cases and all that kind of stuff. And all that stuff honestly supports us. And Extra Life, uh, we have a t-shirt up there on Teespring um, to support Extra Life, which of course we'll give to charity. And thank you to everybody who does all of those things. And by the gods, man. I'm glad to be back. Good show. Good show. I'm glad to have a week off coming up, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, everybody, thanks for coming in, and make sure you have a fun. Have a fun. We'll see you all next week. Peace.